First John chapter number 3 and verse number 1. If you're there in your Bible, would you say, I'm there? there. Amen. If you're looking around and someone doesn't have a Bible, perhaps you could share your Bible with them and they can look at the scriptures with you. That way we can all be accountable for what is being preached this morning. John said, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us. How many know that's true right there? What manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know us. Him. There is quite revelation in that right there. The way the world looks at the church today is many times and unfortunately and progressively through jaded, critical eyes. But folks, can I tell you, it's not because of the jadedness of the church. It's because they don't know the Father. And when you don't know the Father, John says, it changes how you view the children of the Father. Beloved now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. Praise God. Look at someone and say, you haven't seen the best version of me yet. Hasn't been revealed yet what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. Praise God. And the church said amen. amen. I want to preach about the family. Everybody say the family. Amen. Praise God. God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. Thank you for following along in your Bible. We do have a class for our youngest children from birth up to four years old. If you have children or grandchildren in that age group, you can step right out in the hallway here in the east hallway in our Staff will take good care of teaching them while you come back here into the worship center. And again, thank you for everybody being here, uh, families that are here worshiping together. We honor you. We're thankful you're here. Those of you joining us online, I'm aware that we have people literally in Europe right now that are watching this service, and we welcome all the people that are watching us online. There are several words that are used to identify his body of people. A body, everybody say a body. A body is how his people are identified. A building, Paul said, it is a building that is built together for the glory of God. And yet to make the alliteration complete, the body of people is also called the bride. Everybody say the bride. The body, the building, the bride. But perhaps there exists no term more evidently identifiable to us than a family. The family of God. There is nothing like the family of God. I am very biased, but I will tell you from experience, there really is nothing that compares to the family of God. You can go from one border of this country to another and around the world and you'll find people in the family of God. It's a brotherhood. It's a connection. It's an agreement. It's a unity that really is incalculable in its value. The family of God is highly 
important. Everybody say highly important. I will just preach boldly to all of us, whether you call this your church or not, and declare to us that according to Scripture, the family of God is not a take-it-or-leave-it kind of thing. The family of God is not just an optional thing. Now, I understand. I can make nobody come and be a part of the family of God. I'm not in the business of going to your house on Sunday morning, knocking on your door at 730 and say, Honey, are you up yet? Come on, get up and brush those teeth, comb that hair, put those clothes on. Come on, sweetheart, we got to get to the house of God. Can you imagine if that was the role of the church? We would be a very dependent people, would we not? I can't make anybody be a part of the body of Christ, the family of God. And yet, when I open up my Bible, I see passage after passage that exalt the place of the family of God. There, I'm going to say it again, there is nothing like the family of God. There really is nothing like it. It's why the old songwriter said, I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. I've been born of the Spirit, washed by His blood. Join heirs with Jesus as I travel this side. I am so glad I am a part of the family of God. Paul was writing to his son in the Gospel, Timothy, in the third chapter of his first letter, and he said, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God. Other versions simply referred to it as not a building of God, but the household of God. He said, Timothy, I need to teach you how to conduct yourself in the household of God, in the family of God. But he did not stop there. He identified the importance of that household, the importance of that family when he said, which is the church of the living God. Family of God, I got great news for us today. God lives in this family. Oh, I thought I'd get a little better response than that. God is in this family. This household, this family is the church of the living God. But he went further than that. It is the pillar and the ground of the truth. Is the church imperfect? Yes. But the head of the church is perfect. And he has chosen to allow his family, the church, the bride, the building, the body to be the pillar and the ground of truth. He said that family is going to be the central point. That family is going to be the necessary benchmark. There is nothing like the family of God. There's nothing like the family of God when you're going through good times. And there's nothing like the family of God when you're going through bad times. There's nothing like the family of God when you welcome children into the world. But there's also nothing like the family of God when you bury your loved ones and you say goodbye for the last time on this earth. There is 
nothing like the family of God when people are born again of water and spirit. But there's nothing like the family of God when you go through trials and you're praying for a prodigal child. There is nothing like the family of God when your body is sick and people come alongside you and say, I'm going to hold you up in prayer. But there's nothing like the family of God on a Sunday morning when the Holy Ghost is moving, when the presence of God is real. There is nothing like the family of God. There's nothing like it. Look at somebody and say, there's nothing like the family of God. There really is nothing like the family of God. And just as it is naturally, we are born into the family of God. Now, I know this is a newsflash. Get ready. This is heavy, what I'm fixing to lay on you right now. I didn't join the Gaddy family. Where's my mom? Wave at me, mother. Pop, wave at me back there. June the 10th, in the year of our Lord, 1970. My parents weren't walking down the hallways of Ingalls Hospital in Harvey, Illinois. And a little baby was laying there. And I jabber something. And the nurse said, I understand jabber specifically. And that baby just said, that baby would like to join the Gaddy family. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. I was born into the Gaddy family. And according to the New Testament, we don't join a church. We are born into the family of God. You say, wow. Because what you join, you can get out of. But what you're born into, you then have accountability. And when you go missing from that family, you got people knocking on your door saying, where you been? I haven't seen you in a while. You're a part of this family. You were born into this family. You're not just a nobody on the other side of the tracks. You are a part of the family of God. According to the Bible, we are born into the family of God. Jesus said it like this as John accounts, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God. I must receive Jesus to become a child of God. To those who believe in his name, who were born. Everybody say born. Not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. We are born into the family of God. Paul told the Ephesians, having predestined us to the adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, he chooses us to be a part of the kingdom. And then we are born into that family of God. He went on to tell the Romans, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. We are born into the family of God. And if you're thankful for that, give him praise with me right now. 
Please hear me as I preach today. When God is our Father and we are brought forth or born through the church, we are then brothers and sisters of the same family. Now, I told you a minute ago that you may go, this was one of those things to me. I had someone come up to me and say, Pastor, I got a question for you. How come people in your church call each other brother and sister? Isn't their name Sonia? Isn't their name Barry? Yes. But we call each other, and it's not a legalistic thing. You, you can call Barry, Barry, and he's not going, I don't think he's going to throw anything at you. Maybe. But the reason is, is because we have the same father, and we've been born of the same mother. We have the same heavenly father, and we've been born through the womb of this mother called the church. And so because of that, we are brothers and sisters in Christ. Because you're born into the family. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 to 22, the context is a Greek and Roman culture in this Grecian city. And within the borders of that city of Ephesus were sorcerers and diviners and astrologers. It was very, very wicked. There was a strong evil presence in Ephesus. This is seen after Paul preaches according to Acts chapter 19 the 19th and 20th verse, and the Bible says upon the heels of his message in Ephesus, magicians publicly came and burned their astrology books and their magic books. And the Bible says when they did that, the word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed. I want you to understand something. He is preaching and he is raising up a church and he is teaching in a very wicked culture. And yet he says to these evil people, who are now turning to Jesus Christ. Verse 19, now therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God. You have been built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the spirit. Oh, I got good news for somebody in this house. You might have come from an evil background, but when you are born into this family, you are no longer a stranger. You are no longer evil. You are no longer on the outside. You are a part of the household of God. Oh, I got to preach it. I got to preach it today. The church is not just for the good folks. The church is for the bad folks. The church is not for the pretty folks. The church is for whosoever will. We have come this morning as members of the household of God. Come on. I'm going to keep hammering on it till it breaks in the Holy Ghost right now. You say, Pastor, I have an addiction. 
You might have an addiction right now, but when you're born into this family, you're no longer an addict. You're a child of the king. You are a member of the household of God. You might have come in this house, and your DNA for spirit living is that you worshiped everything except the Lord Jesus Christ. That doesn't intimidate the Lord, by the way. Because when you bow your knee under the authority of that man named Jesus and you say, Lord, I am submitting to your lordship as the head of this family, you are no longer a stranger and you are no longer a foreigner, but you are a member of the household of God. I just want to ask a question. I think I know the answer, but I want to ask a question. How many of you... It hasn't got old yet that you're a part of the family of God. <laughs> Woo! Now listen, if you're here and this is old hat for you, and you say, preach to me, preach, I'm going to sit like a ward on a pickle until you just come back here and bump me off my chair. I'm not going to do that today. You have the right to sit there and not get anything out of this service today. But if there are a few of us in this house that remember the grace of God and remember the mercy of God and remember what life was like before he touched us and before he saved us, come on. Is there anybody in the house? You're glad you're not a foreigner. You're glad you're not a stranger anymore. But you have been born into the family of God. Oh, come on, Lord. Keep us near the foot of the cross. Keep us thankful and appreciative for the grace of God. Keep us in love with the family of God. Praise God. We are born. Everybody say we're born. We're born into the family of God. There is just one time in the New Testament when the actual word family is mentioned. And it is highly significant. Paul wrote to the Ephesians in chapter 3 and he said, For this cause I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Because every family has a name attached to it. The name identifies the family. Are you with me right now? Just give me a little nod every once in a while. Are you with me? The name identifies the family. And you can have all different names. I was telling someone recently, in fact, at small groups Wednesday night, we were talking about the letter X. And I said, I actually went to school with a girl who her last name started with an X. The only person ever in my life that I know of that I've ever met that their, their name, whether first name or last name, starts, well, I'm sorry, I know some people with first name starts with X, but last name starts with X. Nina Zumzai. I was enthralled by her. And the reason I was enthralled by her is her name. I thought, that is a cool name. 
I, I, can, I can name some names of families and just their name evokes authority. Any of the presidents, doesn't matter whether you agree with them politically or not, you say their last name. And equivalent to that name is authority. You say your boss's name. And there's a whole bunch of stuff can come up in your mind about your boss. But their name speaks of authority to pay you a wage to take care of your family. Because a name always identifies a family. Well, guess what? The family of God is no different. There is a name that identifies the family of God. Paul said, I bow my knees to the Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. The family of God has one name on it. The family of God has a powerful name on it. The family of God has an authoritative word on it, a name on it. And that is the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, that's why we pray for healing in the authority of the family name. That's why we water baptize and call on the name of the family name. That's why we have glory in our lives today because of the name on the family. So we define the family of God. And we define entrance into this family and the name by which the family is named. But in the family of God, we also recognize the responsibilities of the family of God. Look at someone and say, you got responsibilities. Healthy families, listen, do not simply just have healthy fathers. Healthy families do not just simply have healthy mothers. Healthy families do not simply just have healthy children. Healthy families have healthy fathers, healthy mothers, and healthy children. Now, I asked for the amen corner earlier. I'm going to need it right now. In the family of God... I'm going to make a bold declaration. The father is very healthy. I really feel dangerous today. This is a holiday weekend. We're going to have all these guest speakers, so i got to store it up today. And we're going to have a great month. Don't miss one weekend this month. But I'm going to tell you something. In this family... The father is healthy. Amen. James chapter 1, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the father of lights. That's the originator. That's the creator. And here's the characteristic of the father with whom is no variation. And there is no shadow of turning. i got to make sure someone understands this today. The Father is healthy. 
There is nothing deceitful in the Father. There is nothing two-faced in the Father. There is nothing fickle about the Father. The psalmist said the Father is merciful and He is slow to anger and He is plenteous in mercy. The Father is a God who Acts 10 says is no respecter of persons. We got to get this today. There is no error in the Father. There's nothing wrong with the Father. He is above all. He is through all. And He is in us all. We've got a healthy father we got a healthy father today you don't have to worry about the father you don't have to worry if our heavenly father is nervous today he's not nervous secondly ready the mother the church is striving for health In fact, this is one of our church's values. If you come to Pastor's Chat, those of you that are new, come next Sunday after church. We have lunch for you. We're going to talk to you about the church, the values of our church. One of the values of our church is health. Health. What is the healthy way to live? What is the healthy way to interact with people? What is the healthy way to pray? What is the healthy way to uh, resolve conflict? You see, the church, the the family of God, is the called out ones. Literally, that's what the word church means. Ecclesia is the original Greek word of the church. It literally means the called out ones. Hear me today. The church, the family of God, is called out from the world. But hear me, we are not just called out from things. We are called out. Two things. So the family of God, the called out ones, is called out from the world, but called to holiness. We are called out from selfish, fleshly thinking, but we are called to kingdom perspective about everything in our lives. Hear me right now. The called out ones, the family of God, we are called out from immaturity and called to respond biblically. We are called out from maintenance mode and keeping people happy. Oh, he's going to preach it now. But we are called to make disciples, reach the lost. And rescue people from hell. We are called out to be healthy in our kingdom response to being called out. That is a healthy mother. It's in the womb of the church that spiritual birth takes place. And we're striving. We're striving to be healthy. So the father's healthy. The mother is striving to be healthy. We as the children in the family need to be healthy. You see, how I view my father and how I view my mother determine what I think of my family. 
my view of my father and my view of my mother determine what I think of my family. And I love that lady back there. I love that man back there. We're going for lunch today. And we're going to celebrate my dad today. Because next Sunday he will turn 93 years old. But what I think about that woman, my mother, and what I think about that man, my father, determines and frames what I think about my family. If I think there's no use for them, I don't think there's use for the family. But if I honor them, if I revere them, if I think good about my mother, if I think good about my father, it frames how I think about my family. Likewise, what I think about my heavenly father and what I think about the church determines what I think about the family. If I think he's not good and I think he's not faithful and I take it out on him, I'm not going to think much of y'all because you're the children of that father. And if I constantly pick at the church, if I constantly find fault at the church, if I constantly just wear the church out, how many of you know you can have the church for lunch? But it's going to give you indigestion every time. Because there's nothing wrong with the father. And I know, I know you say you're biased, Brother Gaddy. I understand it's an imperfect thing, but the church, the mother's striving to be healthy. It's incumbent upon me as a child in the family to honor the father and the mother so that I think favorably about the children. Paul repeats the Decalogue found in the Old Covenant in Ephesians chapter 6. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. All the parents, would you say amen? amen? Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you, and you may live long on the earth. What's so remarkable about the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments listed in Exodus chapter 20, is you go through the first four and they're simply commands. Good commands, great commands, powerful commands, but they're commands. But you get to the fifth command, honor your father and your mother. And it is the one that is attached with a promise. Honor. How do we honor? We honor in thought. We honor in word. We honor in gesture. We're highly thinking of. We're esteeming. We're speaking honorably about mother and father. We're speaking with veneration, behaving in a very respectful manner, assisting, maintaining, providing comfort. Listen, don't talk bad about your heavenly father. Don't. Don't. But don't talk bad about the mother either. Don't talk bad about God's church. Why is that? Because there is a promise attached to that. And I know by extrapolation the Decalogue is talking about your actual father and mother. But by extension, and it's found in scripture, how we esteem our heavenly father. 
and how we view the womb of the church, the mother, the church, sets the tone for how we view the entire family of God. And the promise is this, that it may be well with you and that you may live long upon the earth. I believe that in Scripture, this is not simply a promise of 90 years, 93 years. I don't think it's talking simply about some geriatric age that we get to. But here's the thing. Here's what I'm learning the longer I live. How I view my heavenly father and how I view the church speaks to my children about how they are to view my heavenly father and how they are to view the church. And when you have generation after generation after generation that rise up, raise families, have kids, and their kids rise up, raise families, and have kids. And they have a good view of their heavenly father. And they have a healthy good view of the church, the mother. There is something that is prolonging about that. There is something that is elongating about that. There is a culture and a heritage that rises up saying there's no one like our father. And there's nothing quite like the church. Praise God. So we all have responsibilities. Look at someone and say, it's your responsibility. Let me finish today with this. I think it's also very important when we consider the family of God that we celebrate, we prioritize, and we enjoy the family of God. We celebrate the family of God. Everyone, listen. We will always have needs in a family. Always. In fact, if we ever had a service, and this is and the reason I, I can be safe in saying this, because we'll never have a service like this. If we ever had a service at New Life, and I as pastor or one of our pastors was to stand up and say, just a real quick show of hands, how many of you have a need here today? And if there was ever a service that no hands would go up, I think in that moment, the Lord would take me to heaven. <laughs> because in a family, there's always needs. Think about your home right now. I'm talking literally the building, the edifice, the structure that you left to come here. Are there any needs at that place? Gutters. Grass mowed. Hampers emptied. Shall we go on? There's always needs. How many of you have children? Raise your hand. Children? Okay. Quick question. Any needs for those kids? New shoes, new jeans, attitude adjustment. <laughs> Some of you want me to call for the altar right now. In families, there are always needs. So we have to 
choose to celebrate and enjoy family. Ready? I'm not trying to be too simplistic. We cannot wait until every need gets met before we celebrate and enjoy family. Cannot wait till the roof gets fixed to stop and go for a bike ride. You cannot wait till every parcel of clothing is off of the floor in the house before you call a timeout and just do something fun together. We have to proactively choose to celebrate, to prioritize, and to enjoy. Now, let me give you a Bible. I think it's good. We got to make sure we're anchored in the Word. Luke 15 and 20. He arose, prodigal son, and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, everybody say he wasn't home yet. Not perfect yet. Not complete yet. Not totally true yet. His father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight and am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father, this is not in the Bible, but you can read it in there and it doesn't change. The father ignored his words and said to his servants, bring out the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. And he was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. He didn't wait till he took a shower to put the garment of of rejoicing on him. He said, my son is home. He used to be in the pig pen, but he's home right now. Put the robe on him. Put the ring on his finger. Put the sandals on his feet. We are going to celebrate and get excited that somebody in the family is home. Praise God. So we have to choose to celebrate. Choose. Everybody say it's our choice. So many of you that are part of this church, you know this. Madison, our daughter, she took a trip a few years ago and was gone for nine months to the Middle East. And uh, I never will forget the day coming that she was headed back home. And uh, we were so excited. We left early to go to the airport. Several folks were there with us. My parents were there. And Jordan, uh, her real good friend, was there. and, And just just a wonderful anticipation. We had signs made up and um, we were just, I was, it was, I was eager. I was, those of you who've been to Little Rock Airport, there's that little walkway that people stand and uh, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm there a lot, but whenever people are holding signs, I want to say something to them. <laughs> the, the sign's not for me. You know, it's for some military man or woman that's coming back from a tour of duty and they're holding signs and you can see the kids and the grandkids, they're all screaming. And I just want to go over and go, you're awesome. <laughs> but it would look a little strange if like their pictures showed all the family and then this guy just. <laughs> yeah, total photo bomb. So. I was looking up on the board, and I saw that her plane had landed. 
And, um, and so I knew it's just a few moments before she's going to come around the corner and I'm going to see my daughter after being gone for all this length of time. And it seemed like it took forever. Like, it seemed like everybody else on the plane was off. Because as they're pulling their bags, I'm looking at the little tags where they've been, and they're on the same flight that my, my daughter just came playing on. And I'm thinking, I said, where is she? And then, of course, all these thoughts go through my mind. If she missed her flight after all these months, and she's not telling us, I'm going to be really mad. I found out later she, she wanted to stop and just freshen up a little bit which is understandable, but I'm waiting for her. I'm her father. Come on. And then this happened. What you didn't see right at the end when it went to black is I'm holding the camera, and I just lost it. I just lost it. Camera went down. I'm crying. She's home. Why? Because that which has been gone is now home. And so we chose to celebrate. Kathy, come here. Wayne, come here, please. Come on up on the platform with Pastor. This is totally unrehearsed. They did not know we were going to do this. I had the privilege yesterday to go to, come on up right here, Wayne and Kathy. I had the privilege yesterday afternoon to go to lunch with Wayne and Kathy Lawrence. This will tell you how cool God is. Come on over here. So over 20 years ago when Stacy and I lived on South Hills Drive here in Cabot, we had just started the church. We lived at 1038 South Hills, you go out our front door and you turn right, and two houses down, moved in Wayne and Kathy Lawrence. And I remembered them from all those years ago. But I didn't realize until just a few weeks ago that this lady right here was raised in the Apostolic Church of Wynn, Arkansas. And she has been away from God for over 20 years. But just a few weeks ago, she made a, 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 a visit to the church there in Wynn upon her sister's invitation. And she had a physical something that she needed prayer for. And her sister said, well, Kathy, we need to have prayer right now. She slipped up to the front. They had prayer. And in that moment, God touched her physically. But he did far more than that. God rebaptized Kathy with the Holy Ghost. Over 20 years. And she said, you can talk to her. You can talk to her. She said, it was as if God was saying, you got to get back to your roots. You got to go home. You got to go home. You got to get back to your roots. So I would be a fool today 
if I saw, if I didn't see this couple coming down that corridor after having been gone for 20 years and not take a time out on a Sunday morning and give God praise and give God glory and celebrate that that part of the family of God is back home. Come on, I, I think it would be fitting for us right now to just do that a little bit longer right now. That which was dead is now alive. That which was lost is now found. Come on, that family, I want to speak faith over somebody right now. That son, that daughter, they're coming back. That prodigal's coming back. We got to celebrate that. We got to prioritize that. We got to rejoice over the family of God. Woo! Come on, this is the family of God. This is the family of God. We're the children of God. Praise God. I'm going to ask all of us today to respond to the preaching by simply coming forward for prayer. This is an appeal not only to the members of this church. This is an appeal to every person at New Life Cabot today. Would you slip out from where you are? Let's join together for prayer right now. Come on, you don't have to be a member of this church to respond right now. We're going to come as a family right now. We're going to come as a family. In Jesus' name. We're going to celebrate the family. We're going to celebrate the family. We're going to celebrate. Come in close. Come in close. We're going to celebrate the family. Praise God. Let me tell you what I see happening in the next six months at this church. A whole lot more of Wayne and Kathy coming back. I see it. I see it for your kids. I see it for your mom, your dad, your grandparents, your siblings, your brother, your sister. I see it. I see a whole lot more prodigals coming down the corridor. And you getting happy and celebrating and enjoying and prioritizing. We're not going to wait till everything gets perfect. We're going to thank God for what he's doing right now, what he's doing in our midst right now. Let me tell you what needs to happen tomorrow. I'm just going to tell you. I'm going to preach about Labor Day Family Fest right now. Everybody here needs to be at that Family Fest tomorrow because you need to take time to celebrate the family of God. Be with the family of God. Enjoy the presence of God with the family of God. we got to prioritize that. Let's thank God for the family right now. Let's thank God for the family of God. Let's thank God for His family right now. We thank you for the family of God. We thank you, Lord, that we can be born into the family. Praise God. We thank you that we can enjoy the family of God. We can celebrate the family of God. We can prioritize the family of God. We are your children, Lord, called by your name. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Let me give very clear direction on this first Sunday of September in this message today to kick off family month number one if you have not been born again into the family of God 
Repent of your sins today. Be born of water like John chapter 3 teaches. Be born of spirit like John chapter 3, Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter 10, Acts chapter number 19. Be born into the family. If you're here and you say, well, pastor, I've been water baptized before, but it was not in the name of the family, the name of Jesus, then be baptized today in the name of Jesus. We will baptize you in water today in the name of Jesus Christ. If that's never happened for you, don't leave this house without being born of water. If you're here and you're hungry to be born of the Spirit, we're going to pray here in just a few moments. And I encourage you to lift up your hands and let the Lord fill you, birth you in the Spirit today. And then I am challenging us this month of September, starting today, to enjoy the family of God.